0: Good morning, Good morning. Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas, we're looking forward to, uh, to a wonderful Christmas day, just three more days, my daughter has been counting it down. Hey, uh, would you turn to Luke chapter 1 and just get ready to, to park it there for just a minute. I want everybody to grab a Bible so you can see it for yourself, no handout today, uh, just going through the text, seeing some things a little bit differently. But before we uh, we read corporately from our scripture today, I want to read the bulletin, and I didn't grab it with me. Open up your bulletin because I wanted to read you something that's uh, also very joyous, and that is uh, we have a word from Marianne Fisher, uh, long, long, long-time member of Coast and uh, Coasters Ministry leader, Awana leader. Anything and everything. Boy, Marianne's been so much to this church. She had ovarian cancer, as you, as most all of you know, and she just wanted to write a, a letter of thanks for everyone for what they've done. It says, uh, Marianne Fisher says, Thank you so much for all the flowers, cards, and emails that you've sent uh, since her surgery. They mean a lot to her. She's also very grateful to those who have stepped forward to help her with errands and transportation. Most of all, she thanks you for your time spent in prayer, for her peace and recovery. She says she, quote, has gone from silent night to sleep in heavenly peace. Please continue to pray. Marianne says she's getting stronger day by day. And a praise, the doctors discovered that she has a potassium deficiency and with treatment, food finally tastes good again. Merry Christmas. And you can email her there, Marianne at org. She, uh, she had called into the office expressing her desire to, uh, to send a word to everyone. So I wanted to send that greeting off of, to all of you. There have been many that have uh, blessed her, uh, of course her family, um, but also many others, uh, Joyce Bennett, uh, Peggy O'Rourke, and uh, Debbie Fraker and others who have helped her run errands and taken her back and forth to the hospital. Um, she's been blessed by it, so she says a big thanks. And of course, I, I, I'd be remiss to mention uh, that Perry Powell had a minor heart attack. I, I don't see him here today. Uh, he had a minor heart attack earlier this week, but he's okay. Uh, he's stable, uh, and he's just resting at home today. So pray for Perry. Um, he's he's uh, he's been through a lot lately, and and uh, but he's just thanking the Lord for uh, the church family um, being able to be there for him during this time. And uh, Tom and I got a chance to visit him, Jack, and others. And I know he was very grateful for that. So keep Perry in your prayers. Last but not least, the Haiti team. They're in Haiti right now as we speak. They're probably at one of the many different services uh, that go on on a Sunday morning that Pierre Alexis officiates and helps at. Uh, Over there we've got Doug Harrison, our our main worship leader, Carrie Gibson, uh, her sons uh, Jake and Jude, Uh, Mike's flying solo today with Luke. And uh, uh, Dan and Kristen Livingston. And I heard that Steve and Bonnie have the grandkids. You guys surviving? Okay. You don't need mom and dad to come home just yet? Justin, you've been good? All right. All right. All right. Um, Pray for the Haiti team. Go on our... Uh, Coast Bible Church Facebook, you can see many uh, updates. There's lots of videos too from all the people that have been over there and uh, picture updates. When they come back in a few days, um, at a forthcoming Sunday, they're going to give a big testimony about all that's happened in Haiti. So keep them in prayer. Okay. Housekeeping is in order. Let's all stand and uh, read from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 1. Beginning... In verse 26, I want to read the the, the familiar story here of the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ. We're going to take a look at a number of selections from Luke 1 and 2 today. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and he uh, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And, now, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 39, and we'll finish at 42. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Heavenly Father, we ask that your spirit would be with us this day as he was with Elizabeth. That he would fill us, give us joy, and give us eyes to see what it is that you have to teach and instruct us today. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Talk about an amazing time in Mary's life. Visited by an angel. Raise your hand if you've been visited by an angel. Anyone? No? No one? Mary visited by an angel. Told that she would be the mother of Messiah, the Son of David, the Son of God. Life was moving so fast, it was overwhelming. But it was good, it was hard to fathom, but it brought deep and abiding joy. And to share these early moments with someone that she loved dearly, her beloved relative Elizabeth, to share that, that this moment, this overwhelming moment that she carries in her womb, the Son of God, the Messiah of Israel, Mary was able to share that moment with her relative Elizabeth. Elizabeth, it says, it just mentions her as a relative, perhaps a cousin, uh, perhaps an aunt. It was so gratifying for Mary to share that moment with her relative Elizabeth, who had also experienced a miracle in her old age. She too, like Mary, was with child. Elizabeth with John the Baptist in her womb. Mary with Jesus Christ in hers. Luke says that they were so overjoyed to be together that Mary remained with Elizabeth for three months. Take a look at verse 56 of Luke 1. Jump down to verse 56. It says, And Mary remained with Elizabeth three months and returned to her house after that. Verse 37, now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. The goodness of God was continuing. Elizabeth had her baby in her hometown. Uh, It says a hill country, uh, a a, a town in the hill country of Judah. Most Bible scholars think that. Zacharias and Elizabeth were from the town of Hebron because there are various portions of the book of Joshua, particularly chapter 21 of Joshua, which indicates that there was a section of the hill country of Judah that was given to the priests, the Levites, and Zacharias was a priest. And that particular region of the hill country that was given to the priests was none other than the town of Hebron. And so though it's not mentioned in Luke or Matthew, scholars think that that may have been the very town from which Elizabeth and Zacharias hailed. A short uh, day's journey to Jerusalem, not too far. Elizabeth had her baby in her hometown of Hebron. With the help of many relatives and neighbors, in an environment of love and support, she couldn't have asked for a better experience in childbirth. Mary, Perhaps her cousin, she had just missed being there for the birth. But surely she received word of how well everything had gone. Mary had been there for for three months and had to leave just prior to the birth of John the Baptist. She had to return to Nazareth. But surely she had heard from uh, Elizabeth. Perhaps Elizabeth had posted pictures to her Facebook page uh, that the birth had gone well. You know, that's what they did in the first century is they would post things to their Facebook page. Right, Scott? Right. News traveled and and Mary found out that everything was well. The baby John had been born and he was healthy and strong and all of the family was there and the relatives and the neighbors. It says in in verse uh, 58 of Luke 1, when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. They were overjoyed. Mary had heard of all the love and support that Elizabeth had. She was glad. And Mary was looking forward to experiencing those same comforts in her hometown of Nazareth in Galilee. Note again, verse 56 of Luke 1. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and returned to her house. Mary went home. She went home for the second and final trimesters of her pregnancy. She wanted to go home. She wanted to prepare for the birth of her son. Mary had a home. It was likely the home of her parents, actually. Her betrothed husband Joseph was likely making preparations for a new home together after the baby was born. But it was likely that Mary's home at that juncture in her life was still the home of her father and mother. Mary was content. In fact, more than content, she was uh, very happy to be in that place to deliver the baby. She wanted to be home. She wanted to be with her parents. Her father would have given her a sense of security, of protection, that all is well. Her mother. Every woman wants her mother nearby as the days approach for the birth of their firstborn child and for the mother to be there to care and and, and attend to the child when when the woman could not. Mary was happy to be home. She was prepared. She was ready as she could be, as any uh, first-time mom could be, For the birth of her baby and she was expecting everything to go smoothly she was expecting everything to go off without a hitch but then one day roman soldiers strolled into the town of nazareth and they had with them an an order a decree and they nailed the decree in the town square and as the Jewish men in the marketplace gathered around and they they read the decree, it was said that there was a census to be taken. By the order of Emperor Augustus Caesar, all of the land of the surrounding regions of the Roman Empire were to be counted for the purpose of taxation. We read about it in Luke chapter 2. Look at Luke 2 verses 1. We'll go to verse 5. And it came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Caesar's orders. Everyone is to be registered. To ensure accuracy of the count, every family was to return to the hometown of their head of household. As fate would have it, the time of the census fell right in the middle of Mary's due date. Mary and Joseph were suddenly and unexpectedly ordered to travel to Bethlehem right during the time that the baby was to be born. It was likely that Joseph would have been the first to hear news of this census. He would have heard it before Mary did. Because he, like all Jewish males, uh, would have been working that day. They would have been interacting in the marketplace, interacting in the town square. And they would have taken note when the Roman soldiers entered with a decree from the emperor the men would have gathered around and they would have read the order. And so Joseph was the first in his family to hear of that fateful news. I kind of wonder how that conversation went as he got home. Can't you see Mary? Hi, honey. How was your day today? Uh, it was good. It was good. It's good. What's wrong? You you look kind of you look anxious. What's what's the matter, honey? Tell me. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, honey, you know you know how you wanted uh, y- your mom and your dad and your close friends and your relatives to, to be, you know, near you when the baby was born. Yeah. Uh, well, honey, I was thinking, uh, why be so conventional? You know, let's, uh, let's shake it up a bit. You know, maybe let's saddle up the donkey. Let's take a five-day ride through the cold of winter to my old stomping grounds in Bethlehem. I've got some old buddies we could stay with. What do you say? She's looking at him like, What are you talking about? Really? Really? that's what it must have been like for him to come home and say honey you're not going to believe this um, we're, we can't have the baby here I know you wanted to be with mom and dad I know that this is this has been unreal that the angel and the vision and the miracle and all of it and we're so flabbergasted and our senses are just numb from so much that we've been taking in, but we have to do something else now too. We can't have the baby in Nazareth. We can't have the baby here at home. We have to go. Caesar's orders. Bad news to break to your uh, to your wife to be. Bad news to have to break at home. But Caesar's orders were the law of the land and Joseph and Mary had no choice but to comply. No choice but to comply. And Mary and the dreams of having the child in an environment of love and support surrounded by parents and those closest to her, all of those dreams were gone in an instant. Who knows where the baby would be born now? They loaded up their supplies on a donkey and they made the 100-mile trip from, Beth, uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Nine months pregnant. Sound fun, ladies? Luke chapter 2, verse 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I don't know about you, but i have uh, we had to drive to San Clemente on uh, Friday night. We had a family party, a Christmas party, and it was great to be with uh, some of Casey's family. Many, many cousins were uh, were there that night, and it's just a real fun time. We do it every year. But uh, we got on the road at, uh, at about, oh, I don't know, 5.30 on Friday night. Uh, you know, got on to Crown Valley, you know, scrolled down and got on the 5. And, and we just whizzed right down. Like in five minutes, we were in San Clemente. It was remarkable. No, it took 45 minutes to go from Crown Valley Parkway to Pico exit in San Clemente. Have you guys experienced that this Christmas season? Raise your hands, anybody? A few of you? Christmas traffic, right? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's like we try to avoid the mall at all costs now because there's so many cars all around it at all times. There's so much traffic on the road around Christmas time. We all know it, we've all been stuck in it, and it stinks. But you thought the five freeway was crowded? During Christmas, try asking everyone in Southern California to suddenly get on the road and return to their hometown during the same time. Traffic in that scenario and people everywhere, it would be at a crawl. Everywhere you drove, were everyone in Southern California to have to immediately get up and drive to their hometown all in the same short period of time, you would not be going but two miles per hour on every freeway in sight. All of the land of Palestine prior to the birth of Jesus Christ were traveling during this time frame. What little friends and family Joseph still had in Bethlehem were themselves scrambling to deal with the effects of Caesar's decree. It was madness. People were everywhere. Donkeys were everywhere. There was no vacancy everywhere. Families scurrying and scrambling about just trying to find shelter and put food on the plate ahead of census day. The whole ancient Near East was on the road. Imagine that. Joseph and Mary were stuck in this mess. And they were desperately seeking shelter. They're finding nothing. Motel after motel, inn after inn, room after room, nothing was available. And then her water broke. And then her water broke. You know, the emotions uh, leading up to childbirth are, are so crazy, right? I, uh, you know, we, we've been in those environments maybe ourselves if we've had a child or we've been with someone who's a, about to go through childbirth and the emotions are unbelievably high. There's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. My wife, you know, uh, she was, she was uh, pretty well in check. I was impressed, honey. She, she never screamed at me. But I've heard stories of of wives screaming at their husbands, right? It's okay, ladies, you can admit it. Uh, I I mean, there's been high, wonderful joys and then wonderful sorrows and, and the greatest exhilaration and then the lowest depression all in the space of the time from which we go into labor to the time the baby's out and then some. And it goes on. The emotions are already unbelievably high. And Mary, her water breaks, she's on a donkey in the cold winter night, in a town a hundred miles away, no family, no friends, no one. Just her and Joseph. Nowhere to stay. Nowhere to go. Mary did not deliver her baby in a hospital, nor in her house, nor in a motel, or even a rented room with basic amenities. She delivered her baby outside in the cold, in an outdoor shed, perhaps you could call it a barn, a place fit only for animals. And there was a woman in labor. She had dreamed of giving birth in a warm and loving environment. And here she was without her father, without her mother, having only her husband to assist her on this this fateful night. She had looked forward to laying her newborn in a cradle, Next to her bedside in Nazareth. Instead, she put her son in a manger, a feed trough. Our, uh, our, our nativities, right? Our, our, our nativity sets that we place in our homes, they really give us a false picture of what it was like for Mary and Joseph. They give us a false picture because... Uh, it looks so so sweet and so so nice, the animals gathered round. The barn, the shed, uh, it's you know, it's 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 so beautiful that, that wood nativity set or perhaps the one emblazoned in, in, in wonderful metals and, and bronze and golds. We look at it and we think, Oh what what a gorgeous birth. No, no. What a horrible horrible environment the days and weeks leading up to jesus's birth were awful for this poor young couple lots of tears lots of emotions lots of anxiety nothing pleasant about it every woman desires to experience uh, a child birth experience that is perfect that is wondrous that is magical that's that's every woman's desire mary's experience could not even be called remotely adequate it was a mess it was a disaster it was a christmas mess and that's not all for ladies i know i because i'm very uh sensitive husband i know as my wife had been in our firstborn i said honey I know what you need right now. What you need is a visit from a number of strange men out in the field watching their flocks by night. Let me bring them on in here. Come on in, guys. Yeah, I know, yeah, this is my wife, Casey. Yes, Casey, Fred, Joe. Yeah, these are shepherds, honey. Isn't that what every woman wants right after childbirth? Is a bunch of strange men walking in and, and seeing what's going on, right? Well, after Mary delivered, all of a sudden a bunch of old sheep herders stopped by for a visit. And then came a bunch of wise guys, strange-looking foreigners from the East who showed up with gifts that Mary had not registered for at Bed Bath & Beyond Bethlehem. All of these people are walking in. She's like, I'm, I'm in a barn. I'm in a shed. He's in a manger. What are we doing? And yet we look at our nativity set and we go, oh, it's glorious. Look at that wonderful scene. That's not all. That's not all. Turn to Matthew two, briefly. Matthew two, two books prior. That's not all. There's more of a mess. One more mess. Matthew two, verse thirteen. This is uh, days. Uh, this is this is a, f- a couple short weeks after the birth of Jesus. Verse 13 of Matthew 2, Now when they had departed, that is, uh, the wise men, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. My goodness, could it get any worse? Here's Joseph. Poor guy. This guy can't get a break. Every time he opens his mouth to his wife, he's got bad news. Uh, honey, um, we, uh, we can't have the baby in Nazareth. We're going to go on a donkey a hundred miles south and have the baby. Sound good? Honey, I got a bunch of strange guys here that, that know about the, the birth. I, I don't know how, but they're going to come greet you. And now... I can see Mary looking at Joseph after, uh, after the days and weeks of the birth and saying, honey, we made it. I'm ready to go home. Ready to go home. Let's, let's take baby Jesus home. Let's go back to Nazareth. And Joseph says, yeah, uh, about that trip home. Uh, you know, I miss Nazareth too, but I was thinking, you know, why go home when you've just had a baby? You know, why, why be so conventional? Let's mix it up. Let's shake it up again. Maybe we could head south. Honey, I, let's go south. I hear the weather in Egypt is beautiful this time of year. You got to wonder if she kind of smacked them. You know what I mean? What are you talking about? And he says, honey, I had another a vision. And, and the angel said that Herod's going to try and kill our baby we have to go south. We can't go home. We already went south, I know. We have to go further. We have to go another 100, not 100 miles, not 200 miles, not even 300 miles, 350 miles south from Bethlehem to most likely Alexandria. Alexandria. You thought a a five-day donkey ride was bad when you're nine months pregnant. Try a three-week donkey ride when you have a newborn. You can uh, cue the crying and the postpartum depression right here. Because it's true. It's true. Joseph and Mary, friends, they spent the first months and perhaps years of their new family's life 450 miles from home. No family, no friends, no job, with only a few set of clothes and supplies loaded on a donkey. You know, we go 450 miles in one day as a family because I, I know that trip well because it's, it's actually 550 miles to get to my parents' house. We do it in a day. I'm proud of that. I'm like, yeah. Iron Man family, we can do it. Three kids, wife, two st- Sometimes only two stops. Now that's impressive, huh? That's pretty, I'm serious. I'm serious. Iron bladder, maybe. Is, uh, anyway. Um, 450 miles, we do it in a day. Three weeks for Joseph and Mary to go 400 and 50 miles they are so far from home they're lonely they're afraid they're terrified they're brand new parents and every time they want to go home something happens that says no you got to go further south I've had some disastrous moments in my life and nothing compares to this this was a mess this was a disaster It was a Christmas mess. And yet, and yet, this was the environment in which God chose to enter the world. Think about that. Let that sink in. This was the environment and the circumstance In which God said in His almighty wise providence, I want to come in that way. I want to make my grand entrance like that. He entered in the messiest of ways, the craziest of circumstances. Yeah this is there's uh you know high high emotions this is a time of year where everybody has grand expectations and anticipation and you know Christmas is coming we're all excited it's it's and then we're also maybe a little apprehensive you know how How's the family situation going to go when we go to the in-laws or go to so and so's house? Is dinner going to be okay? You know, we get. Are they going to? Are my kids going to like the presents? Is my wife? Is she going to be happy with what I got, or is my husband? Is he going to be okay with the kids going crazy that morning? We all have so much uh, anticipation, expectation, worry. We, the holidays are, are difficult. Christmas time can be can be a little bit uh, in disarray a little messy And we think, you know, we get, we get down on ourselves too when, when it doesn't go as planned, right? When it doesn't go as planned, when something awful happens, and when there's a fight or, or when there's chaos or when there's arguments or when, there's, when it's just frustrating, when, when, when all the expectations that we put into something like our family Christmas time, when the expectations don't get met, we get really, really disappointed. Or maybe we don't put expectations in in holidays. Maybe we keep them low, but we put expectations somewhere else. At work, in school. We have high expectations of our children as they go through life. We want them to succeed. We have unbelievably high expectations in life, in family, in work, during Christmas. High expectations. And when they are not met, we... Ah, woe is us. We wallow in in self pity and wonder how how can we how come I'm not perfect? How come I couldn't how come we couldn't do that right? Friends, um, what I want to say here is life is unbelievably messy. It's disastrous at times. Your Christmas experience this year might be disastrous you might have a fight with a family member. It might not exceed your expectations. Your children, one day, maybe they won't become what you thought they would be. Your spouse, your wife, your husband, the marriage, at times, you know what? It'll be hard. It'll be difficult. To be a parent, it is hard to, to carry on. You know, parenting one, and then comes two, and then comes three, and oh my goodness, the Grims have four. It's hard it's messy it's disastrous at times and that's the environment in which our god came amen he said i don't want it flawless i don't want it perfect he knew better he knew the kind of people he was coming to and he wanted to enter on our terms really he wanted to enter as one of us We talk about the gospel of luke again One of the key phrases you'll see over and over again is that Jesus was the Son of Man. The Son of Man. He was like us. He was one of us. He wanted to come in and have the experience of humanity, the messiness of it all, the disaster of it all, and He entered in that very way. I want to close with a reading of a selection from the book The Taming of Christmas by John Nichol. It's not a well-known book at all. He had a selection in it that is so apropos for us this morning. Listen to this. The gospel, the good news of the Christmas story isn't just that God became man, but that He entered our mess. He waded and swam in the pool of our sin and our filth in order to rescue us, to pull us out of the mess that we're in. And 30-some years after this messy entrance into a messy world, Jesus hung on a cross and took upon Him all that is wrong with us. He took our sin, our sickness, our filth, and paid the price that it required. He cleaned up our mess. He made us beautiful. If we should tame this holiday, if we should sanitize The story of his birth, we will miss the whole point of Christmas. He calls to himself hurting people, people bruised by the world, marginalized by society. He has no time for those who think they've got it all together, but he has time for smelly shepherds, for beggars, for prostitutes for bastard children just like he was perceived to be. He has time for messy people who recognize their messiness. That's what he came here for. That's why the perfect and the holy entered into our grime and depravity. Receive the truth that you are loved by a God who did not require you to pay for your mess. But he came himself in Jesus Christ to clean the dirt and wipe the tears and lift you out of the mess and into his arms. Don't let that truth be tamed. If we should tame this holiday, if we should sanitize the story of his birth, we will miss the whole point of christmas it was a mess it was a disaster and it was just the way god planned it so when you're a mess and i know some of you are i know i am i was just i was a mess yesterday for part of the day a mess just totally frazzled as i was in preparation for this not not thinking clearly distracted by the kids easily uh, angered and upset we're a mess you're a mess I'm a mess Jesus entered a mess and by his coming living dying and resurrecting he turned that mess into a thing of beauty Amen let's pray Heavenly Father O Lord Ah, thank you, God, that it was not glorious. I don't think we could understand it if it was. You were not born in a palace. You did not send your son to be born in a glorious place of gold. You did not even send him into an inn or a motel. You put him in a shed, a stable, a barn with animals. You laid him in a feed trough with strangers all around. You sent him far from home for months, years. You gave him two parents that had no idea how to raise their child. You entered into a mess, Lord, and you did it in your divine providence. You intended to do it. We glorify you for that. Because now we can say we we get it. We understand. We can we can identify with that story. And Lord, not only did you come into the mess, but you cleaned it up. And now we look upon your Son, Jesus, our Savior the Messiah, the Son of David, the Son of God, we look upon Him, His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection, and we believe, we trust Him and know that as a result of that faith, you've cleaned up our mess. You've made us whole and beautiful again. And you've given us a great hope that is ahead of us in the kingdom of God. Keep our eyes On that hope, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.